Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Island Spot Sports. And before we get to our guest today, we have a big shout out for, for Living Sisu. Living Sisu is a platform and app that wants to give you all the tools to have success in your sport. Their main objective is to activate your lifestyle. So for active, it's for active people. Enjoy discounts at, at companies like BioSteel, 30% off, BodyLogics, the Goalie Guild, all his books are discounted. Roan, Lululemon for men, 20% off. Online stretching programs with Eccentrics, one full month free. They got super silent massage guns, 20% off those. And it's a great quality. It's way less expensive than a Theragun. And it's a great, it's great quality. So there's so many more discounts that you guys will need to just become a member to see. So they want to provide you with anything you need for success. So come join the community. I'm a part of it. A bunch of other athletes are a part of it. So it's free to join. It takes 20 seconds to have to get exclusive offers to your sport. And it's definitely worth worth it. So do do us a huge favor and go sign up for Living Sisu's membership. It's free, 20, takes 20 seconds. So go do it and we'll see you there. Living Sisu is a great company. We uh, we know one of the co-founders, Zach Fricali. He's a great guy. He... Uh, He's the co-founder and he does a lot of live streams on Instagram at, uh, at Living Sisu and with a bunch of elite athletes. And you learn a lot from like the athlete's determination, the resiliency, everything to what me, made them become successful. So it's been a great experience so far. So go on. I'm going to leave uh, the link in the description. So uh, go sign up. Yo, welcome back to another episode of Honest Spot Sports. I'm Jack, and today's episode, we are joined by a very special guest, former professional hockey player, Fred Hine. Fred last play, played in the 2020-2021 season in the Federal Prospects Hockey League for the Carolina Thunderbirds. Fred played for the Carolina Thunderbirds that season, but he also spent time over the course of his pro career with the Danville Dashers, Evansville Thunderbolts of the SPHL, and a few seasons in Sweden overseas. Fred played his junior hockey days in the ATJHL before playing two years of NCAA Division III college hockey at University of New England and two years at playing at Becker College before turning pro. So this is going to be a fun episode. So welcome to the show, Fred Hine. Hey, Jack. How are you, man? Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Doing, doing good here. Everything's going going great. Getting ready for the season this coming, this coming season. So but how's everything with you? Ah, it's going good, man. I just got back from, uh, I went on a small vacation. Um, and it was good to just kind of step away and um, regroup and recharge the batteries. And then I got back last night, so I'm back at work again today. So um, yeah, things are going good here. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's good to hear. But to start things off, like, can you give our, view, our viewers like a little background information on like when you started playing hockey, why you started and what youth hockey was like for you growing up in North Reading, Mass? Yeah, of course. So I started uh, what seems to be a little bit later um, than everybody else. I didn't start until I was seven. And, you know, you talk to a lot of players and they're like, yeah, I was, I was on skates when I was three, four. And, um, but when I was like five, six years old, even like I didn't really like hockey. Um, I loved uh, I was obsessed with uh, like Michael Jordan and I loved basketball. And I remember my dad, my dad played a little bit. He played in high school. Um, and he was like, Hey, do you want to play hockey? And I remember I'm never, I like, I, I still remember to this day where I was like, no, like I hate hockey. Like I want to play basketball. And, um, and then, uh, so I, then I was in the, the second grade and, um, a couple of my classmates, like my good friends, 
um, joined the street hockey league uh, or like ball hockey, not even with rollerblades, just running around um, street hockey. And I did that and I loved it. And I kind of like, I picked up on it really quick. And then that following year, all those same players were doing ice hockey. So I was like, okay, I'll do ice hockey now. And um, the rest is kind of history. I fell in love with it right away. And um, yeah, but I'm yeah. from, uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. No, you go, go for it. Yeah, no, but I'm from um, just outside of Boston, Massachusetts in a small town, North Reading. Um, played youth hockey there. And then as I got older and got better, like, started playing uh, travel hockey um, and then played um, played high, my high school hockey in North Reading as well too um, which was which was a lot of fun it was different times are so different now compared to yeah. back then uh, high school hockey was so good it was so competitive like I think is it like seven or eight of us that played at North Reading High School uh, went on to play college hockey somewhere and then a handful of a couple of players that we played against in public high school um, are now currently in the NHL and uh, or have played in the NHL too. So high school's changed uh, in the last, last like, you know, 15 years here. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you got, you got a late start and like everything that came, came to is like just starting from street hockey. Like you don't usually hear that. And like, everyone's like, yeah, I started skating at three, like you said, but like, it, it's cool to hear those stories where it's like, yeah, I didn't start playing until like I was a little bit older. And then like, I didn't, I hated hockey. And then like, I fell in love with it after street hockey and like, look where yeah. you, like your career that it took you on. Like for you sure. never probably would have thought about that before. Yeah, for sure. And I like, you know, can't thank my, you know, my, my, my parents enough because they didn't force anything on me. It was like, you know, if you want to play basketball, great. If you want to play baseball, if you want to play hockey, whatever you want to do, uh, we'll support you. So they let me, uh, like pick on my own and they let me, uh, fall in love with it. Like my dad wasn't, uh, you know, Hey, you have to go to the rink and Hey, uh, you know, we got you these skates, like, let's go skating. It was, um, I never even went, I never even went like public skating before. I, I didn't do any learn to play nothing. I, when I signed up for like ice hockey, I remember my mom went to a yard sale and got like, there was like a uh, yard sale on the side of the road and like found all the gear, used gear. Right. And um, yeah, went right into it. There was no learn to skate, no learn to play, nothing. It was just full gear skates. And uh, yeah. So. Yeah. So you grew up within like youth hockey and all that. So like, what are some of like your fondest memories of playing like youth hockey growing up all the way up until like high school? So, Playing in North Reading was a lot of fun because it was with a lot of um, my close friends at the time. And I still stay in touch with a handful of them now. Um, and it was, again, like with travel hockey and then like how my, you know, my parents were, they never pushed me to do, um, you know, have to play at the highest level or whatever. It was, um, I was like, I always loved it so much. So I just wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to be around my friends and, and just enjoy it. And then it was like my third year in where I was, you know, doing really well where my dad was like, Hey, you know, we should do, you know, get you to, uh, um, you know, travel hockey because you know, that's, that's where you belong. So I remember for a lot of my youth, I played like on a travel hockey team, but I also played town hockey, um, still with my friends. And I, I did that for years and, um, and I loved it. Yeah. So then you go into high school and everyone like talks about like the high school glory days and like how much, how fun like high school hockey is and like how it's grown since like, 
since like you were in school I was in I was in high school and like so like how fun was playing high school hockey and just being there with the boys so much fun so much fun. I'll never forget um there was like a I was <clears throat> I was the only forward to make uh varsity uh my freshman year and I remember there was like a lot of talks like oh yeah like you know Hein will make it this and that whatever and I was so nervous that it was like just around the time where like composite blades were um being you, p composite blades were just coming out where you would put uh into a shaft and I was switching from like the composite to wood and I remember um the, after the first tryout I was like I started with the composite and then I went home that night and I switched it back to the wood blade because I was so nervous I'm like I can't handle the puck and um yeah it's just I was, I was so nervous going into it and then it all um it all worked itself out and um so that first year I I dressed in every single uh varsity game but I think I maybe got 10 shifts the whole season uh they just spotted me in and um I scored one goal um and and that was fun I still got that puck actually uh and I played a lot of um JV games and that used to like frustrate me and my dad would tell me like hey they're going to send you and play JV games, just prove to them that you don't belong there. So I always kept that in my mind and I'd score, uh, you know, two goals and assists, three goals or whatever. And I made sure every time I played in the JV game, I was like, all right, like, you know, you know, you don't belong in this level. But that said, my, there were so many good players, um, you know, my uh, freshman, sophomore, freshman, sophomore year. So it was like hard to uh, crack the lineup because there was so many uh, good players and, um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Uh, and then as I got older, like my sophomore, <clears throat> my sophomore junior year, I had like a really big role on the team and, and that was like, that was awesome. Uh, and then my senior year I was named captain and yeah, it was just, just so much fun. Um, like being a part of that with like all my friends and then going to school the next day. And, um, yeah, it was just great experience and, uh, there's kind of nothing like it. Um, yeah, it was great. Yeah, for sure. And like you talk about like going down to JV and like just proving that you um, that you don't want to be there and that you want to go up the level. Like a lot of people like are playing lower than what they want. So like what are some of like the tips and learning experiences you learn from playing down that like helps you just uh, stay focused and like just do anything you can to get make the most of the opportunity to play? Sure. Well, I think um myself included and like I'm you know learning a lot now is everybody has a different uh career path right like um uh like one of the captain that was with me my senior year didn't make varsity his uh freshman year and uh so he played he was on the he played JV uh his freshman year and then made the team his sophomore year was captain uh with me uh my senior year and then moved on and played um uh, went and played, moved on and played at uh, St. Michael's College for four years and was ended up being a captain there. So um, everyone has a different, uh, different path and, and don't be so uh, down on yourself, right? Like, yeah. uh, just because, you know, you're people your age are at a higher level, it doesn't mean anything, uh, you know, keep going at a steady rate and, you know, do the, make sure you're doing the right things on and off the ice and it will take care of itself and you'll eventually be at a level that you want to be at. Yeah, and it's all about taking the opportunities where where it's where it's handed, where it's given to you, and just to be able to uh, do whatever you can to uh, like whether it be like 
get wins as a goalie, score goals, get on the get on the score sheet as forwards, defensemen, block shots, like yeah. whatever it is to just block to just give that get that opportunity, and then just show show out. Yeah, you're just gonna waste. Uh, you're just gonna waste your energy. Um, you know, you get sent down, or um, you know, you're not. You're playing a junior B instead of junior A, or you know, take like go work hard and and prove that if you believe that you're at a higher level, we'll prove to those people that you know you deserve to be at a higher level. Or you're just gonna waste your time um, with having negative energy, uh, right? So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But then after high school, you went on to play junior hockey where you started with the Laconia Leafs and the ATJHL. So, like, what was what was that season like for you, especially, like, going from, like, high school hockey to, to juniors right away? Yeah, so kind of – it was kind of crazy. <clears throat> when I when I was a junior uh, in, in North Reading, there was a senior that moved on and played at uh, Bridgeton Academy, which is a prep school in Maine. And I remember – like, I didn't, I didn't know, like, I just loved the game. So I, I saw that he was able to like move on past high school and play. So like, I remember saying to myself, I'm like, well, if, if he can do that, I'm like, I'm as good as him now. Like I could be able to do that. So I remember asking my parents and they were like, yeah, sure. You know, need it for uh, grades and hockey. So I did a postgraduate year at Bridgeton Academy. It was best still to this day. One of the best decisions in my career I ever made. I needed it for school. I needed it for hockey. Um, some unbelievable um the assistant coach there uh Mike Mazur who is now the head coach there was um still to this day like one of the you know best people I've ever met he was so good to me he believed in me and uh it was really important step in my career um you know going to Bridgeton so I could get my grades up so that I could potentially move on and um move on with my career that said when I was there I a lot of players were like moving on from the prep school uh, and going right to college. I wasn't exactly ready yet. I needed to, um, I had a meeting with my coach at the end of the year and they said, you can play college hockey, but you need to um, take a step, uh, you know, take a lateral move and play juniors. And um, kid who lived down the hall for me, uh, Matt Del Judas um was like was doing the same thing and he was like yeah like I'm you know I know the coach in uh, Laconia and uh let's drive down together go to the tryout and I remember telling my parents and they were it was only like two hours from the house they're like yeah we'll just meet you there and um went to the tryout like coach really liked me liked my parents or met my dad met my dad and asked for our interest long story short ended up going there uh only because of my friend Matt that I played with at Bridgeton um and it just worked out. Uh, it worked out so well. I, um, I trained like so hard that summer, uh, because I knew that I, from what I learned at Bridgeton, I knew what it took, like worth it, work ethic wise, um, you know, what I needed to do. So I trained so hard all summer. <clears throat> so when I went to training camp, I was at like absolutely flying compared to, uh, everybody else. Um, and they already had a captain there and like, the end of the week of training camp they um they asked if I wanted to be the assistant captain and I was like yeah for sure so that was kind of crazy because I didn't expect that um I didn't expect that yeah that's sometimes all you need is that one one guy to trust you and like you and then like that's where that's where it takes you is to the juniors so, and then you get a leader leadership out role out of it like it's yeah, awesome yeah so again to like continue with that is um, so I was named assistant captain for, 
think it was like three, four games. And then we lost our first like six, seven games of the season. And uh, the captain requested a trade and got traded. And <clears throat> funny story, like we knew that our captain got traded, but nobody even like thought of who the captain would be. And I remember um, showing up to the, we had a home game that night and I showed up to the rink and uh, our jerseys and everything was laying out in our stall. And I, and I showed up to the rink and uh, I had the, the C on my jersey and they didn't tell me or anything They just showed up and the C was on my jersey. Uh, and I just remember walking up and I said, you know, thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. And they're like, you earned it. This is yours now. So like, go get it. And um, that night we lost uh, 15, nothing. Yeah. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. I remember, remember stepping outside the rink, calling my dad before the game and like telling him what happened. So excited, flying during warmups. And uh, we lost 15, nothing. My first game ever is, uh, as captain, but it was okay. It was okay. Yeah. So, what do, what do you do to bounce back from that fifteen nothing W as a or fifteen nothing L from as a captain? <laughs> I don't even. Uh, um, I'm not even sure uh, what I had said or done or anything like that. But I remember we struggled a lot that first year um, with players, and then um, I had done pretty well, and there was a decent core group. And um, I remember meeting with like with the staff, and they were like, "Hey, like you know, you're the glue here, right? So if um, you know you stay here and." if you stay here, like people are going to follow you. And long story short, I signed again for the next season and I like convinced, you know, our core group to come back and, and we had a much, much better season and uh, guys moved on and played college. And um, yeah, it was, uh, it was great experience. Yeah. So like how important is it to have that leadership role, not only as like an athlete, but like to, it helps you de develop a lot of like skills as well as like a person and like, especially like coming in to juniors in your first year and then getting to see within a couple of weeks of the season, like how, how much does that mean to you? And like, what do you learn from that? Yeah, it's, it's special. Uh, I've always um, throughout my career, like I've always for the most part worn some sort of letter um, with the teams that I played on and, um, but even with that, like, I don't think you need a letter, uh, to lead, uh, lead by example and, and do the right things. And, you know, you're, uh, you know, you, you know what to do, right? Like yeah. show up on time, be prepared and like always do the, you know, doing the right things on and off the ice. And, and people are going to take notice of that. Like, are you the first one on, uh, you know, are you the first one on every morning? Are you the last one off, uh, you know, are you picking up pucks? Are you making sure the locker room's clean? Are you doing all those little things? Um, uh, you know, you do those little things and people will notice. And, um, and then, you know, you, your play, play speaks for itself. Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's important. It's important. Yeah. And you learn so much like skill set as like a person as well, especially like, yeah. like taught, you just gotta be like that, that like vocal leader then. And just like, you're able to learn some of those skills. For sure. Um, and then it just translates to day-to-day <clears throat> -day life, uh, yeah. you know, being a good person and doing the right things around the rink. It's, it's what you want to be, uh, you know, when you go out into the world, like, you know, you want to, uh, you know, hold the door for people, uh, you know, shake people's hand, look them in the eye, uh, say, please say, thank you. Doing all those things um, is important. So it's just a life lesson you learn from hockey that translates to the, the world absolutely so then the, you go into like your second year and you captain the team again and like you bring back that core group and you get 46 points 22 goals 24 assists and 44 games so a point per 
point per game kind of guy. So like, what was that second year like for you? Yeah, it was fun. Um, like we said, we had a really good group, really good core. And uh, the new guys that came in like right away, it was like, Hey, this is how we do things here. Um, and, you know, we'll follow us and, and we're going to learn control of the room. And, um, you know, our, our coach, my coaches there were great at the time. Uh, Will Fay and Matt McGillery, uh, they believed in me so much and, and let me kind of play my game. And, um, you know, they didn't nitpick things. They let me, they corrected when they saw fit and let me just kind of play how I knew how to play. And uh, very thankful for them because, um, you know, they, they saw something in me that um, other coaches hadn't. Um, so they, I was, I was successful because they let me play my game. And um, so I'm very appreciative of them. And um, yeah. Yeah, so, like, obviously, like, you go into that second year after, like, a so-so first year, and then you gain that confidence that second year with the team and with, like, all the core group of guys. Like, how big is that confidence, especially, like, when you have to ride through the highs and the lows and just to stay confident, just stay even keel? For sure. Well, I think a handful of the guys, like, it was it was tough start my first year because you're getting used to the league and the travel yeah. and first year juniors where second year you're, like, so comfortable right like you you're not getting used to anything you've already proven yourself uh you can play a little bit more relaxed um and and everybody around you like sees that right so um we're able to do better because everybody felt good going into it um which was nice yeah and like when when everyone's feeling good and confident like that's when like you notice that the the whole like team chemistry like grows and like every everyone's just supporting out supporting each other out there and it's just it's a good old happy family out there yeah yeah we uh yeah we had a lot of a lot of fun there uh made so many like good friends and so many memories that i'll never forget and um we lived where we lived we had an apartment right on the lake and uh so like the first the first like month of uh training camp we would uh, like go to practice, go to workout, whatever, but we'd be done by one o'clock. So we'd go and like uh, grill and jump in the water and just hang out, uh, enjoy like the last like month of summer. So had some really good, uh, really good times and met some amazing people that I'm, I still talk to this day. And um, it's really cool to see some of them, uh, you know, married now, have kids and families and everything. So um, yeah, it's just really special. I met some amazing people in my time in Laconia. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's awesome to see uh, see each other grow up, especially like when you guys like come together as a family and juniors and like just to stay connected with them and everything throughout throughout all this time. Like it's just un, unreal seeing everything come come about and like how they're how they're doing now. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much what hockey is like. It's bigger than the game. And like you just keep those friendships and everything that you learn because like you're going to battle with the boys like every single every single day. So it's that the friendship and the bond is is something unmatched compared to others yeah yeah absolutely i agree yeah so then once your junior career concluded after after that year you committed to play division three hockey for university of new england so at the time like why was new england the right school for you at that time so um again kind of cool story um back to when i played in prep school my buddy matt uh, Del Judas, who I played with at Bridgeton, who convinced me to go to Laconia, he went and played at UNE. So I was in touch with him and he was like, man, like, just come here. Um, and I was like, okay. Uh, I, I mean, I, I talked to a bunch of uh, Division three schools and um, 
yeah, long story short, I ended up going there uh, mainly because of him. I, I was kind of following uh, his footsteps and he was kind of, he was kind of leading the way, even though, um, you know, you know, I had the cabinet times, uh, he, you know, I was watching him. He was leading by example. Uh, so he was, he was leading the way for me and, um, I trusted him and, um, he's such a great family and, uh, yeah. So I, I owe a lot to him. Uh, I owe a lot to him. So, uh, yeah, I went to, went to uni. Yeah. And that, that comfortability of knowing at least someone there, like it, it also helps make the decision a little bit easier because you've played juniors with them. You played, you were at prep school with him and now you're going to college with him. Like that comfortability and just knowing, knowing that you have at least one friend there is, yeah, is a good feeling. It was, it was easy. And um, so he went there So my second year juniors, he only did the one year. So we only played juniors together for one year. So my last year juniors was his freshman year of school. So he was already there. Um, he was already established. And um, he was like, you'll love it here. You'll do well here. The, you know, the coach likes you, et cetera. So, um, yeah, that was easy, uh, really easy uh, transition for me to do that. And, um, yeah, everything was a good fit. But I got there and things, I don't know, things weren't what I expected and, and thought they would be. And my college career was, was a bit different and not what I, uh, definitely not what I expected. Uh, just got put in, I just ran into, you know, uh, some coaches that didn't really care for my game. And, um, and that was kind of that they had their favorites and uh, I wasn't one of them. And um, so I, so my junior year, I was like, I need to make a change. And um, I went to uh, Becker college, which started out really well. I it was like our first, I got there and, the culture is nice. All the guys are really nice and uh, really smooth transition. It was close to my home. Um, and then my, we had a three, ga three game weekend. So it was like, I think we played like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or maybe it was just Saturday, Sunday. I don't know. It was three games, two games, but I remember I had an assist in my first game and then two goals in my second game and then nothing in that third game or something. Uh, so I started like really well and had all this opportunity. And then that next like week of practice, it was like fourth line. And then that was it. That was it for the rest of my junior year. And then my whole senior year was just fourth line. Again, just ran into a coach, uh, over-recruited, brought in so many players and made so many promises. And it is what it is. Uh, um, you know, I didn't do, I didn't do this. I didn't do that many things to like kind of help my cause, but you're kind of trapped if in, in school like that. It's not like yeah. juniors pro where you can just get traded, uh, you know, there's a lot of money involved and there's a lot, it's not like you just pack up and leave, right? Like you're, yeah. you got a semester of school to finish and, and everything like that. But um, kind of just like leading into all of it. I remember it was my, my senior year. It was the last game of the season against Curry college at Curry. And I think I had maybe six shifts and I got into the locker room after and, you know, some of the other seniors were crying and I just had like no emotion. Right. And, Yeah. The, the coach came over to me and gave me the game puck and like no speech or anything, just like gave me the game puck. He's like, Oh, you know, I figured you'd want this, uh, you know, for your, for your last game. And I was like, you know, I was like last game. No, I was like, I've, you know, dedicated my whole life. I put so much into this, so much sacrifice, everything. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, this is my, this is my last game. Like this isn't right. So um, I like went home, like finished up school, whatever. Went home that summer and, um, you know, a couple options were 
I, I just wasn't sure with what I wanted to do or what I could do. Um, I remember a couple of teams in the federal league had reached out to me and I was like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. <clears throat> and then um, a guy by the name of Neil Liston put together a, put together a group of North American players uh, to go over to Europe to play uh, some exhibition games in hopes to like find a team and, um, you know, potentially like earn a contract on a team or stay and, uh, you know, figure it out with that organization. And um, so that's what I ended up doing. And I went over to, uh, we started in Finland for like two weeks and then we went over to Sweden for two weeks. Um, and I ended up, ended up finding a team and um, that first year and it all worked, worked really well, but it was, yeah. And yeah, I'll never forget that last college game because I was like, this, this isn't it. Like I've, yeah. you know, I put so much, uh, so much into this my whole life that like, you know, I knew something wasn't right there. And so. Yeah. And like you go, like what are you learn like a lot of like different like skills throughout this, like throughout college there. And like, what are like some things that you'd say to like other like college students, like going through the same thing with like, coaches that aren't like playing them because they're playing like favorites and just like all that all all it is a matter of somebody's opinion um there's going to be coaches that absolutely hate you and then there's going to be other coaches that think you're uh, their best player right so um that was something that was something that my dad had always taught me but it was like hard hard to uh like understand because um i was always doing the right things and i was always leading and, uh, you know, I was always doing the right things uh, on and off the ice. So um, when things weren't working out in my favor, I was, it was it was tough for me to yeah. tough for me to uh, deal with. But I mean, I did. And because I knew that I was doing the right things at the end of the day and that, um, you know, this one coach's opinion doesn't mean much, doesn't mean much. So it doesn't define you as a player. That's for sure. So uh, anybody listening that, you know, had a tough season or is going through a tough season or you know, don't, uh, you know, don't get, be too hard on yourself with if a coach doesn't like you or anything like that, because it doesn't mean, doesn't define you as a player. Yeah. And I, I think that that's huge because like when coaches like play like favorites, you're not getting the playing time that you want, like you're going to get down on yourself and feel bad for yourself. But as long as you're doing like everything you can to at least try to get a, get a shot and like, in opinions in opinion like you just got to do whatever you can to help yourself get better and like help yourself like find that find that journey to keep keep going on for sure if you can look at yourself in the mirror and know uh you know you're on you're doing all the right things you're on time you're the first buddy uh first player on in practice last player off um you know doing all the little things uh each and every day on and off the ice um if you can honestly you know look at yourself in the mirror and, and know that you're doing those things. Um, hockey is a really good way of uh, taking care of that. Right. Yeah. So somewhere, somewhere along the lines, like you'll be taken care of and um, it will, it will definitely work itself out. If you, you got to stick with it though. And you can't, you have to stick with that routine. Yeah, absolutely. So then you, you go throughout college in all, all four years going to university of new England, then Becker college, and then you get your shot in pro hockey after your senior year where you went to that the exhibition games and you got to you got interest from a team in Sweden, the hockey ads. And so like what was the process like to find uh to find the team in Sweden, just like get like the process of like a contract down and everything? Yeah, it was 
it was kind of crazy. Like we were just going and playing these games and, and then some teams would like, you know, have some interest and other teams wouldn't, but um, I trained so hard going in before that was coming. I trained maybe the hardest I ever have. Um, you know, my diet was strict, uh, my on ice, off ice, everything I was doing was as hard as you could get. So I knew that I would go and be prepared and ready. And I was, and I was scoring every game. I was doing well. Um, and I was like the whole time I was confident. I was like, I'm going to stick here um, somewhere. And, and it took a little bit, um, but a team finally had reached out and was like, yeah, stay with us. And um, it took like a month to like kind of figure out the contract and they had never had a, um, they had never had a, um, an import player before. So that everything with immigration was kind of a pain and, um, so yeah, it was a tough process to figure out, but once it was figured out, um, it all, it all worked out well. Yeah. It's like, what's the culture shock going from North Carolina and then, or going from mass to going into, into Sweden? It's well, luckily over there for the most part, everybody can speak enough English where you can get by, but there was definitely some times um, where you're, you're struggling, right? Like you show up to the train station, you know, at one in the morning, uh, you know, cause you're getting in from a flight or whatever. And, you know, you can't read the signs, your cell phone doesn't work. Um, you know, so it's, it, it can be tough. You know, you're searching, uh, you know, you're going to the nearest, uh, you know, McDonald's somewhere just to get the Wi-Fi just to figure out, something right um and then you know there's times like you go sit down at, to, at dinner and uh you know like you go to a restaurant and um they have like a list of everything and then yeah. often like the side there's like just like pictures of you know like a you know a pasta meal or like a piece of steak or something yeah. like that right? that's what you're ordering because you can't <laughs> read the menu you know so your options are uh you know your options are the four or five photos that they have so um so yeah, there was some good times, but I, I had a lot of, I, a lot of good, um, um, like Swedish players that I met over there that really helped me with uh, the transition and anything I need. I remember my first year, the captain of the team, I was like kind of down. I was a little homesick. I was there for so long. Um, and, um, he showed up to the rink, uh, like in the middle of winter with, uh, a, a Celtics jersey on. And I was like, th I, he was like, yeah, I just, you know, thought that this would make you make you feel a little more comfortable and uh like home and that was like the nicest thing and I have that photo somewhere I, I may have put it on my Instagram um at some point uh but I still do have it and uh just little things like that was was you know special and I met so many amazing amazing people over there some amazing players the the, the level of players are is uh was very eye-opening that first year when I was in uh hockey at and so it's like their version of our east coast league yeah. Um, and they, there were some, there were some guys on our team. Like, I was like, man, you like, you should go and you should be in the AHL right now, like back home. But they, they don't think, uh, like that too much. Like they have, they have their families and, and their culture and, and their life and, you know, they're taken care of. So they're, you know, their dream isn't so much what our dream is right over here. Um, you know, but I remember just seeing the level of playoffs. Wow. Like, yeah, like you, you guys, you're good. good. Unbelievable unbelievable skaters smooth um yeah yeah so like what was the adjustment like going from like north american ice to overseas when it's a lot bigger of an ice and it's a lot olympic size oh 
so I was nervous at first because I was like, oh, like big ice, like a lot of skating. No, absolutely loved it. Uh, a lot of like less hitting. So you get the puck, you have so much more time and space than you think. Uh, you can kind of wheel and deal. Like I really enjoy the skill side of the game and um, physical, like when I needed to be, but I wasn't, uh, you know, I'll be, I can be honest with you. I wasn't, you know, finishing my checks every, every shift. Yeah. Enough like that. I just, I don't know. It's, I guess how I played and I, I like carrying the puck. I, I love making plays and um, I was nervous at first. I'm like, Oh, it's so big and whatever. Um, but I loved it. Uh, kind of funny. Like when I first went over there, I was using, um, I had custom sticks made and I, I had like 110 flex. I, I was so used to my, my dad's sticks when I was a kid and like he cut his halfway down. So they were like yeah. 200 flex. And I learned how to shoot with a stiff, a stiff stick. So when I went over there, I went with like 110. Um, but like, as time went on, like the, because man, you cross the offensive blue line, like you need binoculars to find the net. So I uh, slowly was like going down in my flexes. Cause I need that extra, um, you know, flex, like yeah. slingshot effect to kind of hit the net. Yeah. To kind of get the puck to really go to the net. So I ended up um, my second year, like switching to 85, flex and then i've stuck with that my whole life but it's just kind of funny because i was so used to stiff stick my whole life and going to sweden made me change uh the flex on my stick yeah that, that that's funny and, it's, and like it's just an adjustment at that point because like overseas like it, it is a skill more like skilled like it's a lot more like passing and just like making that extra pass compared to just shooting it yeah. right away and like you just it's a lot more like just skill base and like just uh just making that extra play when it went over here a lot of people one of my one of my first games um got the puck like just just before the red made a move and just like snapped it in and changed get back coaches screaming and it sounded like it was directed towards me and I was like, oh, this isn't good. And I looked at the kid next to me. I'm like, hey, like, what's going on? He's like, oh, he's like, never dump the puck again. I was like, okay. Like, they want you to keep it and circle back. And if you have it, don't give it away, right? Because you just have to yeah. work that much harder to fight for it back. So, um, yeah, that was that was pretty funny. That's yeah, def definitely a learning experience there. But uh, before we started this episode, you talked about, like, doing – or when you went to Sweden, like, less is more and, like, with, like, your training and all that. So, can you end uh, detail about like what you meant over when we were talking earlier and just like, just how you really don't have to be like hammering, hammering it in the gym, like every single day, like. Absolutely. So um, my first year went over there and I did really well. Um, you know, I, I never saw money before playing hockey, right? Like paid for my living salary, everything. So you're like, Oh my God, like, you know, I was 25 years old. I'm like, yeah. sky's the limit. So I'm like, if I work and train at this, you know, can play, you know, can play a long time here. So um, I remember coming home that summer and I never took a break and it just went, went, went all summer long, like training. Uh, there's a couple big hills in my town. I would do sprints, jumps, everything up the hill. Um, every, any on ice I could get, like I was working with a trainer at the time. I would train in the morning and then I'd play like men's league games at night, tournaments, like everything. I was on the ice like some weeks, all seven days. Uh, and I just went. And then when that season started, I, I didn't do that well. I was like so burnt out and I wasn't producing and um, just didn't feel right. And to the point where um, at Christmas break, I 
I requested a trade because um, I wasn't getting the playing time. And, uh, and that's because of myself, like I wasn't producing and I wasn't doing yeah. well. Um, so I kind of just got buried in the lineup and I was like, ah, you know, let me get out of here. And I did thankfully. And um, went to a, a really good situation where I was, you know, I, I got a fresh start, basically what I'm trying to say. And um, yeah, did much better, but I, I really learned uh, that that training process is so important and, and you got to uh, less is more um, quantity. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Quality over uh, uh, quantity, like make sure you're doing the right things and, and uh, listen to your body. Um, yeah. You know, like I would, I would wake up sore and I would go and run hill sprints and it's like, ah, maybe I should rest because, you know, come January, February, like, you know, you, your body's going to need it. Right. So, um, yeah. yeah, that was, that was a big uh, learning experience. And again, too, it was, it was all, it was harmless, right? Like I was just doing it because I loved it and, and I wanted to keep going and I wanted the best contract and um, yeah, it was, it was harmless, but I, I definitely learned from that. Yeah, and like the same same thing goes for me. Like over the winter, like my my college didn't have a team, so like I was playing like men's league five five six. I was on like five six teams, and I was just on the ice five to seven days a week. But like over the summer, and like now, like going into like my first pro season, like I like I'm just less is more. Like I'm on the ice maybe three times a week, and like I'm totally fine with that. And just doing like just resting when I need to and like also while also still going into the gym and all that but like doing like less is more and like quality quality over quantity like it, it makes a huge difference in your game for sure for sure yeah so then you go into your second year in Sweden and then after that second year you go you come back to North America where you find yourself in the in the federal prospects hockey league with the Danville Dashers like what was the transition like going from uh division two in Sweden to uh, the fed um, it, well, that year I started, uh, I started in the SB, um, and then that year was so tough. Um, I, cause I started in the SB and then I got sent down to the federal league and then I got sent back up and then I got sent back down again. So it was a lot of travel and it was just a different adjustment, uh, in the game. And it was just a different level. Um, it was just a different, uh, level, right. Where like, if you're an import, you know, they, they bring you over and they pay you to like, be the guy, right? Like they, yeah. you're put an opportunity where, you know, you're going to succeed where over here, it's not really like that. Like you kind of got to earn it a little bit more. And, um, my first year, I, I really struggled. Uh, I did okay, but, um, I w I was never in a good position in the lineup where I could feel comfortable and like play, play, uh, you know, the game that I like to play. So yeah it was tough. And it wasn't until like the last time I got sent down where I was like, I know I'm not getting called back up. I'm going to be in Danville the rest of the season. Um, you know, buy into being here and kind of just prove that you don't belong. Um, and I did, I, you know, put up some points and, and whatnot. And then that following year, um, went to some SP camps or an SP camp. Um, and it didn't work out. Uh, and then funny story. So I got released at camp and then went to Danville and went that weekend that we played, uh, we had two games had four points. And then that team that released me called me back up. They said, Hey, we want you. And I was like, no, I was like, I was just there. Um, 
I was just there. Uh, so I, I chose, I refused the call up and I stayed in Danville. And it's kind of funny that go, it kind of goes back to that junior. Um, you know, when we were talking about juniors, like the, you know, the, the crew of people you're around and everything. And that whole, my second year, um, my second year when I was in Danville was like the best, the best group of players um, I had ever, ever been around. I'm still in a, I still talk to um, a majority of them every single day. Um, just played with some unbelievable players and I had some unbelievable players around me. Um, you know, my lineman at the time, uh, Mitch Atkins was such a good player. Um, I would always just kind of get open in the right spots. He put it right on my blade. Um, it'd be in the back of the net. It was uh, easy game. Uh, my buddy, my buddy, Tyler, who I played with in Sweden, um, same thing. He played on my line as well. And uh, just, just easy, easy game uh, when you're with the right people on and off the ice. Um, so it was so much fun. And uh, I, I was doing well and I was getting so many call-ups uh, that season where I was refusing them. Uh, I didn't want to leave. And I was like, what, why, uh, you know, it, I, I kind of took a step back in my career where I was like, you know what, I'm not, I, I don't want to leave something. Uh, what's the right way to say it? Like, if it's not, um, why like don't uh sorry if it's if it's not broken don't fix it right yeah so um so i ended up staying and um i did take a call up to evansville and i went for the weekend um sat uh saturday sunday games and then monday we had a team workout and after the sunday game i was like i don't want to be here anymore i was like i i was like this is great i appreciate it but i was like i i miss like uh you know I, I miss my like, uh, like group of friends that I was like yeah. starting something with. And um, so I went to the, their uh, coach's room and I was like, Hey, like, thank you so much. But I was like, I got something special going on. I, I'm just gonna, I basically released myself and, uh, and then went back to Danville. And uh, that was the season that got cut short to uh, COVID uh, unfortunately, which, which was tough, but, um, but yeah, and I, I think that just proves to like the to the bond and like the chemistry within the team is that you don't want to take call ups because you want to you want to stay down in Danville and like everyone wants to go up the level but like if you, you have something special going on like you don't want to leave it like if it's not broke don't fix it like you said. I had already been there. I'd already done that. Like I, it wasn't that appealing to me. Um, but I had teammates that were like, "Man, get out of here! What are you doing?" And I was like, "No, like I've." I've been playing for a while now. I've been at that level. I, it has no interest to me. Right. Like I, my treatment here, my salary here, everything here is uh, great. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to change anything. Uh, yeah. So I'm just going to leave it. So glad that I did. Uh, it was still, you know, best season I best season I've ever had. And um, it was so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and in the 2019-2020 season, you were named FBHL Forward of the Year. It's like, how much does that award mean to you, especially like when you have guys setting you up on, on the tape and putting it in the back of the end, just being rewarded with such an accomplishment? Yeah, that was really special. Um, I didn't know it was coming. And um, I remember like it, was, it came up on like Twitter or something and, and the guys had texted me and, and whatnot. And um yeah, it was really, really special for me. Um, I was so thankful and I never won anything before in my life. So um, to get an award like that, you know, in the league with some really good players uh, was, was really special. Um, 
it was exciting for me and I'm proud of that one for sure. My dad has that, uh, he's got a man cave, uh, at, at his house and uh, he's got that one. And, um, yeah, that one's his because I, all my, you know, my goal scoring touch and everything I got, I, I learned in the driveway with him. So, um, yeah, that one's, that one's special to me. Yeah, that, that's awesome. That's unreal. So then you go into the 2020, 2021 season with the Carolina Thunderbirds. Like, what was playing in the Thunderbirds organization like for you? And, like, how much did that opportunity mean to you? Um, that was unbelievable, uh, unbelievable uh, <clears throat> opportunity. Um, the head coach there, uh, Andre Nietzsche, was so good to me. The second I, second I walked through the door, um, you know, treated me so professionally. Um, you know, just it was so great. I played some unbelievable players there. Uh, maybe the best in my career. Uh, um, Jan Salak and, and, and Peter Panacic, uh, like some of two of the most skilled like players I've ever played with. Uh, I played on their line the whole season and I just had some tap ins some nights where you just go into the net and um, yeah, I, I was just find very, you. Yeah, I was uh, just very fortunate enough to play with um, some good players and uh, good line mates and um, unbelievable city in, in North Carolina, winning organization. So they, you know, they expected a lot and um, the fans were so good. And um, yeah, everything about it was, uh, everything about it was awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Everything about it was awesome. Unreal. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, and then you announced uh, you retire after that season. So like, what, what are you doing now? I know you're, uh, you're training players as well. It's so like, how's everything going with training players and what, the post-career life it's going great so I started my own uh I started my own business um and yeah it's uh, I'm running uh hockey skills uh training and conditioning um and it's been unbelievable it's so much fun uh all levels all the way from youth all the way up college and uh some professional guys as well too so um it's so much fun for me uh to be able to teach kids and and players things that um, nobody ever taught me is, uh, is really special. So I'm, you know, very thankful for that. Yeah, absolutely. So like, what are some tips for players looking to get to that next level and just to keep developing like throughout their, throughout their career? Finding there's, there's so much, uh, there's so much training. There's so many skills coaches. There's so much of that going on. Um, everybody's a little bit different. So find something that fits you and, and works for you. Right. Um, yeah. you know, I don't have an Instagram or any social media for mine. And I, I don't think I'm ever going to, because there's already so much of it. And, um, yeah. you know, I'm not, not reinventing the wheel, you know, so um going to keep it, uh, keep it simple. And, and it, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun and um, there's just so much of it out there. So, you know, find somebody that works, works good for you. And um, yeah. Yeah, and it's all it's always nice teaching the younger generation, the generations before that that you didn't get taught in before, and just to have that knowledge and, and like have them like absorb everything that you're saying. Like it's awesome to see see everything that's going on, like the different resources that people have now, and just uh just to help everyone develop their game even more. Yeah, it's crazy. Like there's the, everybody has a skills coach, everybody has a trainer. Uh, it wasn't really a thing uh, yeah. it wasn't when I when I was in college it wasn't a thing you just came home in the summer and just played like men's league games there was no like there was no training it was yeah you know you went to the gym shot box and did some things on your own but now like you know there's skills groups there's everything kind of going on so um 
no, but things are going so well and um, I'm very thankful and it's been so much fun. I, I honestly was scared when I was retiring because I was like, ah, like, I'm, am I going to miss playing? I'm so busy and I'm so uh, focused on what I'm doing now that I don't, I honestly don't miss it one bit. Um, I don't miss it one bit. So. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate you uh, uh, saying everything that you have throughout this podcast episode, but I have a few more questions for you before we wrap things up here. So uh, what's been your favorite barn you've played in, in your pro career? Oh, um, that's a good question. Um, so I'll do, I'll do a couple. So in, um, in Sweden, I played, uh, against a team, uh, in Um, if anybody Swedish is listening or familiar with the hockey over there, they'll, uh, they'll definitely know what I'm definitely know what I'm talking about. Uh, I've never seen a rink before arena with two jumbotrons. So it was, uh, it was, my, yeah. And it was my first time playing. And I think there was like seven, 8,000 people there. And like, that was my first time. Like, that's when I felt like a professional. I was like, wow, yeah. like this is, uh, this is, this is pro. So um, I'll never forget that one. Uh, so sort of tell you for over in Sweden. And then um, the, the David S Palmer uh, arena in uh, Danville, Illinois. I, that was uh, yeah. It was, older barn and um just so many good memories and i and i loved it uh actually the <clears throat> the i'm forgetting the guy's name oh the guy whose name was kurt uh i forget his last name the guy who did the national anthem uh in danville was like man we played so many hockey games we've uh, heard heard and seen so many national anthems this guy was unbelievable unbelievable i used to get the chills um before every game when he would do a national anthem. Uh, I wish I had a recording of it or something because it was, uh, it was incredible. Uh, he did such a good job and um, yeah, that was such a special uh, place for me. And yeah, the, the David S. Palmer. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I'm sure we, I'm sure we can find it somewhere on the internet. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. That yeah. Could, I, if, or if I up. asked, if I asked, I could maybe figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll definitely have to look look that up and see. Uh, but uh, the next question I have is, uh, what what's like your favorite pump up song? Like you're trying to get a lift in, or like you're listening to it before pregame warmies. Like what are you listening to? Oh, um, uh, shout at the devil by Motley Crue. That's, that's definitely so, a good one. So Motley Crue is unreal. So I like being a <clears throat> being a leader and and everything with my time in Danville. Like I never. Uh, you know, like games played guys. And I never used uh, seniority over anybody. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't really care too much for that and, and whatever, but my one, my one request that I wanted um, when I was in Danville was like the song that we listened to in the room before we go out for warmups had to be Shout Out of the Devil by Motley Crue. And uh, um, yeah, my, my roommate, uh, my roommate at the time, was uh, also the DJ in the room, uh, Levi Armstrong, um, who played the set past season in Columbus. And um, yeah, he would always get it going. And yeah, I don't know, something about like, just something about it. I so good. I really like it. Yeah, that that's unreal. Love love to hear it. But uh, we have a few uh, guest Q&A questions that came in. So yeah, let's roll with them before uh, we end this episode. For sure. Uh, so first question from... Uh, uh, Greg Hussey, what, what is it like to be a graduate of a college that no longer exists, Becker College? 
Um, Hussey's awesome. Well, Hussey's uh, just won the uh, FBHL championship with his brother in Watertown. Yeah. Uh, they, had a, they had a busy, uh, busy year, good year. Um, yeah, that's kind of, uh, that kind of stinks because when everybody asks, like, did you play college and whatnot? Um, I tell people I went to UNE because Becker doesn't exist anymore. So it definitely kind of stinks, but, um, the memories are there and, and the people that went there, uh, you know, we share the same memories. So it, yeah, the, it's, the memories it's there, are the, but well, the ones that matter. Yeah. All right. So then the next question is, uh, how was, how was fighting, uh, Justin Schultz when you fought him? Oh my God. Who asked that? <laughs> Schultzy. Yeah. Um, it was all right. Um, I, I fought a handful of times, uh, fought a handful of times in my career and, um, like going into the league that year, he was like their guy. Um, and so like, I like to be a little bit of an agitator, like a pain. And, uh, I would always give him like a hard time and, and throw, uh, you know, throw some chirps here and there and left. But I was like, I, I mean, I wasn't going to fight him. He's, uh, you know, way, way out of my uh, league in, in that department. And, um, one of the games we were down at Columbus, um, he threw a hit on uh, buddy I mentioned earlier, Jan Salak, who's um, he has uh, Carolina's like all time leading point scorer, um, one of the top players in the league, top player on our team, and um, he buried him against the boards, and uh, and I didn't like it, and I went right up to him, and I and I went like the play went the other way, and I went I stopped, and I went right up to him, and uh, I like. He's like, you want to go? And I was like, I, I hesitated. I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, do I really want to do this? And I did. And it was good. And, um, yeah, I mean, he got the better of me. But I, he's, he's so much bigger and stronger than me. I, yeah, lost my footing, whatever. He was cool, though. Um, uh, like, we were in the box after. He was, you know, he, he gave, me, gave me a lot of respect. And, uh, yeah, it was <laughs> – yeah, he's, he's a tough kid, though. Tough kid. Uh, he's – he's going to have a long career um, the way he plays and keeps going and uh, he's going to do well. So that's funny. Someone, someone you probably don't want to fight every night for sure. No, no, no. Yeah. But the next question is uh, who did you model your game after? Oh, um, uh, Jonathan Druin of the Canadians. I love the way he played. I loved his skill. He was just really deceptive and his skating and, he, I don't know, he was low to the ice and he would always kind of like just throw, like he'd be in a perfect position to shoot, he'd throw a head fake and he, then he would go pass and, uh, you know, set people up. I, I love the way he played. Uh, yeah, he's definitely my favorite player and I, you know, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to um, play like him. So yeah, Jonathan drew in for sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a great pick. And who are your influences in hockey or, out, or outside the game? Um, outside the game, like my parents, for sure. Um, my parents, my grandparents, uh, my Nana, they were all like so good to me, so supportive and, um, you know, look up to them and everything that they've done and appreciate all their sacrifices that, you know, they've done, uh, over the years. So definitely them. And then in hockey, uh, <clears throat> uh, in hockey, well, Drew Ann for sure. Um, yeah, I'll probably just kind of stick with him again. I, I, you know, I followed his career and I liked his career a lot because I felt like it, it not as, not at all, but I, 
his time when he was originally in um, Tampa Bay where uh, they weren't playing him and he demanded uh, a trade uh, or he, he demanded a trade and they sent him to the minors and then he got back, got called back up and had like an unbelievable playoff, went the following season, did so well. And then he got dished to uh, Montreal. So um, I, I like his story a lot. And uh, yeah, I follow his career really closely and uh, enjoy yeah. him. So yeah, probably him. Yeah. That, that's awesome. So then the next one is, as a as a player, why was style and it's so important for you? It's like, what what does good style mean to Fred Hine? Oh, everything. Everything. You have to, like, on the ice, off the ice, everything you do, like, uh, you know, there's that saying, like, look good, feel good. Uh, that was, yeah, I kind of lived by that. I uh, It was so important, like, how you, you know, how you tape your stick, uh, you know, how you wear your visor, how you have your gloves and you know, your shin pads and your skates and everything, you know, you got to keep everything tight and it's got to look, uh, look a certain way. And, um, style is so important in the game. Uh, I've played with guys that just, you know, kind of close their eyes and tape their stick and just go out there. And I, I couldn't do that. I'm very, very picky and particular with how, you know, my, my equipment is and, um, and how I do things. So it's important to me and, um, you know, just growing up watching, like I've always, come back to Sergei Fedorov. Uh, yeah. He was like the first person to me where I'm like, he like, he looks so cool. Uh, the white skates, he had the, the flop on the tongues, uh, you know, the Nike gloves. He had a, you know, Nike shaft with the wood Christian blade with the white tape, the flow, the 4,500. I could keep going on. He was the first person I saw where I'm like, this is, uh, this is style. This is everything. So Appearance matters on and off the ice. Yes. So then the next one is, uh, what do you do to find open space on the ice? It always seems like you're, you would appear to be open in the ozone. <laughs> um, I don't know. I would always like try to try to get like lost and, uh, you know, if everybody's like kind of puck watching, like let people puck watch and, and get to the outside and, and kind of pick and choose my spots where I can, you know, move in and get to an open area. Yeah, that that's all you gotta do, and you just got you score goals from there. So that's what that's what you gotta do. Yeah. So then the next one is, uh, what's your favorite bar in Winston Salem? <laughs> oh my god, um, that's a no brainer. Uh, <laughs> the Whiskey Dog. I can only imagine who asked that question. I actually know who asked that question, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the Whiskey Dog was. Uh, yeah, um, and that yeah, that's. The bars are, where, are the did. best after games. Yeah, we had so much fun, and we got treated so well there. And, uh, yeah, it's so many uh, so many good times there, so many good memories. They'll last forever. So, um, yeah, special place special place for me, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then the next question is, why, why is your shin pad to skate ratio so horrible? <laughs> oh, my God, it's not. It's not because I, I wouldn't allow it to be. Um, it's something that's so important to me. It has to fit right, look right. Um, so I don't know who asked that, but they're just, they're just messing around. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so, but like the skate to shin pad ratio has to be perfect. That's, that's all that matters. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's gotta look good. Uh, I mean, look at like Kucherov, um, Kucherov, Patrick Kane, um, who's another one, Eichel, um, yeah, like their, their shin pads look good. Their socks look good. It, it's tight. Like they look, 
you know, Stamkos, Stamkos, another one, like they look, you know, they, they're, they're professional. They, they look the right way, you know, right. It's, uh, it's important. They look the part. Yeah, of course. It's part of it. Exactly. And then, uh, this is the final question that we have. And, uh, they asked, are iced coffees a must pregame? hundred percent, hundred percent. Uh, always, um, always so important. Uh, it, even though like at, at that point, coffee doesn't, uh, it's not giving you that energy, um, you know, for the game or whatever, but it's just part of that. It's part of that, just like lifestyle. Like you grab a coffee and go to the rink, whether it's practice, uh, morning skate game, like you just grab a coffee and go to the rink. Uh, even now that I'm coaching, you grab a coffee and go to the rink and, uh, it's so important. It's part of it too. Uh, oh yeah. It's part of it. Coffees are big in the, in the hockey world. That's for sure. Absolutely. But uh, Fred, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time and I look forward to following your work the rest of the way. Awesome, Jack. Thank you so much for having me on. This was great. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem. You too.